All right. So one thing is pretty clear as we move into the year 2024. Authoritarian trends never truly went away, even after those two big world wars that, you know, were sometimes called the wars to end all wars. And the ultimate endpoint is clear of authoritarianism. It's catastrophe of some sort, or more accurately, catastrophes, as well as many tragedies, many of which will appear increasingly insoluble, even if many of our issues are essentially made out of thin air, created by belief systems and predictable patterns of behavior, you know, based on certain mythologies or false impressions of how the universe works. The catastrophes are highly interconnected, but they will appear to operate on separate scales, seemingly corresponding to different ways of life and different systems. This is, in a sense, how it works. We are dependent on authority largely because we are powerless, and it's almost self-perpetuating until too many lives are disrupted or destroyed by the worst elements of these systems in question. It's a process that repeats itself over and over again. That's why they call it history repeating. There are four basic elements to humanity's exploitation and domination of nature and of itself, and perhaps a fifth umbrella element or core of corruption that we can call quirky vari variant strains of virulent ideology. So the uh, four basic elements, I think one would be economic exploitation through for-profit activities. Number two, religious exploitation with religious ideology or use of faith as justification. Three, the good old military industrial complex. And four, organic human manipulation, which is probably relatively benign and a given aspect of life, but easily exploitable and turned into some tool of ideological control and restraint and manipulation. And uh, I'll give you an example of, you know, how some of these uh, basic precepts work. Uh, so, so like when a politician says, wouldn't it be better if this country was run like a business? They are literally suggesting that this country should just be a money-making venture. And in a way, I kind of respect that sort of statement because it, it really comes across as honest, even though there are definitely some dishonest aspects to, you know, saying that the country should be run like a business. But at the same time, there's something refreshing about somebody just putting that out there and saying it. I would say we are now entering a new and improved phase of degradation that already started taking place in previous centuries, when in a few ways the destructive forces of the world economies were pursued at an even greater scale. And I say this because back then there were practically zero efforts to restrain these forces, unlike today even though they obviously remain quite powerful now and the results of aggregated and aggravated destruction are more obvious to the world at large rather than only to the biggest victims. You know, you have things like climate change that are harder for even, you know, previous deniers to stay denying. 
And I think a, a lot of issues that people were not even willing to talk about are now kind of forced into public consciousness to some degree. And really what one of the uh, biggest problems today is the fact that people, you know, they, they almost have fatigue from focusing on a lot of these issues. And, you know, right-wing media is there to swoop in and take advantage of that and uh, politicize that fatigue and say, see, th these uh, pesky liberals, they want you to be focused on these things that you find annoying, right? And they've successfully used those tools as a way of just sort of um, luring people away into more distractive stuff like the, uh, you know, the uh, so-called culture war kind of crap. And, you know, going back to the, uh, you know, all of that uh, stuff about the destructive forces, some people might call this globalization, but that term has always been misleading to me uh, because really it's not, it's not like globalization itself is necessarily a bad concept. It's really depending on how it is done, you know, and, and what that term is, is used for. In addition to the four um, things that I mentioned already, there are additional big players or factors, you know, like I mentioned, there's global warming, climate change denial, that would be one of the uh, big factors. And uh, you've got religion and its control of information and its sheer brute power, even though religious indoctrination seems in decline in many places, it is still very powerful. And you even have things, I'm going to bring this up, gender identity and the assumption of maleness or femaleness, which in the minds of many entails unquestioning adherence to some general, often kind of vague battle of the sexes narrative, transforming people either into misogynists, misandrists, or simply misanthropes who hate and fear sexuality and only see it as some sort of political tool rather than as something to maybe be enjoyed and perhaps celebrated. Of course, you know, when people do celebrate it, it should be in a safe manner, uh, you know, relatively safe and I was with consent. But, you know, the, the point is, you know, the, these are all big players in the uh, manipulation. Um, those are like sort of subset players, you might say. Uh, with that sort of general framework lurking in the background, I'm going to give sort of a silly example of how quirky things have gotten in this world. And it's really a modest example that I find funny. And I think it explores one or two of the different points that I just raised. Screen Rant has a funny older article called Samsung Mocks Apple's $19 Polishing Cloth by giving them away for free. Now, I, I read that and instantly saw the humor in it. Because here we have a company like Apple, a big company that has customers who are almost cult-like in their loyalty. You know, they treated Steve Jobs basically as if he was a deity. And, you know, he basically was a cult leader in a way. But them 
our, then Samsung apparently comes along and with minimal fuss reminds us that, hey, these guys are just trying to make money off of you, often by, you know, obviously overcharging you. We'll give you this thing for free that Apple charges 19 bucks for. You know, it's 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 sort of one of those uh, humorous things that uh, I think a lot of people didn't really notice at the time. But uh, it's forever captured in that article, well, so long as Screen Rant does not delete it. A self-respecting consumer might instantly recognize that Apple was basically screwing them over, but apparently gullibility and some level of loyalty and ideological constraint is working against them. And I'm sure that, you know, some, some consumers out there would defend basically anything that Apple would have done at the time, you know, because that's what a good consumer does. They're just like, I don't want to be one of those whiners who uh, is constantly bitching about progress or whatever. And, and I don't want to sound too much like Ted Kaczynski or something. So, you know, I'm going to pay that 19 bucks. And, you know, at the end of the day, cha-ching, you know, they, they get that money. I'm not saying that Samsung are necessarily big heroes themselves. Obviously, I shouldn't even have to say that. But um, in fact, I assume they're probably villains in their own ways and possibly even worse than Apple in some other ways. Still, I found that piece probably more humorous than some people would uh, simply because, you know, it's just so absurd for one thing to charge $19 for a polishing cloth. Like who's actually who's actually going to pay nineteen dollars for that? I, I guess some people do because uh, you know, maybe Steve Jobs had uh, touched that polishing cloth himself or something. He breathed life into it, <laughs> and and you know you're you're getting a piece of history or or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm offending Apple fans out there, but I don't know if I am. I don't know if I am. Like um. Maybe some of you will understand this uh, obviously largely joking critique. I, I, I do wonder, like, do some of you Apple aficionados roll their eyes when you look back at how Steve Jobs was treated by the media? I mean, there was such fawning coverage. It was, it was a little bit overwhelming for me. Like, he, even if I wasn't a cynic... I, I would still, I, I think, look at that's some of that stuff and I'd be like, okay, uh, you know, give it a little bit of a break, e- ease up on that, uh, you know, worship of Steve Jobs. And I guess I would say the same thing about Elon Musk and his super fans, you know, like it, it was embarrassing even before Elon Musk was making such a fool out of himself on Twitter and all that, you know, like there was definitely plenty of reason to reel that in a little bit too. Um, Well before his, you know, anti-Semitic comments and just right-wing strangeness that uh, he has unleashed on the Twitterverse, or I guess you would call it the Xverse now. Um, and it's it's funny because one of the critiques of X is simply that it sounds like a porn site, <laughs> and it really does. You know, that's that's not an unfair 
uh, criticism of Elon Musk either. Um, but anyway, you know, the, the big heroes, you know, the heroification of these figures, it's really no coincidence. It's, it's an obvious byproduct or maybe straight up product of the system that we are living under, you know, that these people in the first place, they are largely media creations and, um, you know, the, the whole superstar aspect is really largely due to the way that the media emphasizes and hypes people up. And, you know, when it comes to an undesirable, undesirable group or person, you know, you know, they'll probably have like, well, there's two reactions, either they'll give that undesirable person or group, you know, the two minute hate treatment that was mentioned in 1984, where they'll basically spit venom at that undesirable entity or group, or they might just ignore them altogether, which can really be just as bad because obviously if you're ignoring something, you're not even aware of it. So you don't even understand that there's this contrary thing out there. And uh, what you don't know, you don't know. And you might not even become curious about it. So you've got, and, and that's like one of the things about modern media coverage is that a lot of it wasn't really paying attention to things like the labor movement, you know, like unions and, and stuff like that. Had the media paid more attention to that, and dare I even say, given it more positive coverage over the years, I, I really do think that, you know, the labor movement would have been stronger over these past decades. And uh, there's been a resurgence in the power of labor, um, at least in the terms of how often it's been forced into the media. But at the same time, you can tell that they don't want to give it as much positive coverage as they have because they're always seeking these uh, new distractive stories to cover. And, um, at, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. So looking back at the Apple thing and the uh, $19 polishing cloth, Apple defended selling the cloth with hugely decorative language. They said, made with soft, non-abrasive material, the polishing cloth cleans any Apple display, including non-texture glass, safely and effectively. Well, how about that? Wow. It sounds like it's a piece of cloth. Uh, the the uh, Screen Rant article shows you exactly how a company can try to compete by appearing less greedy than its counterparts. So how about we try to make that trend catch on more and, uh, you know, encourage uh, the, these corporations to more genuinely be less greedy. I know that's, I know that's a tough thing, but you know, it's, it's something that we can pressure companies to do and to actually walk the walk instead of just talking the talk. And, uh, you know, we, we do have that power as consumers and, you know, obviously if there is enough pressure on these companies, they actually will cave 
on some occasions. Now, I, I still believe in, you know, a basic concept of workplace democracy and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm not, you know, saying that uh, just applying pressure on companies as consumers will be enough to really, you know, shift the focus in a different direction, but it, it might get the ball rolling. Well, anyway, that's about all I have to say for now. And you have a fantabulous day.